have a rope, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Congregation may be seated. Bishop in the Church of God, on behalf of the clergy and people of the Diocese of Rhode Island, we present to you Jeffrey Charles Drake Douglas to be ordained a deacon in Christ's holy Catholic Church. Has he been selected in accordance with the canons of this church? And do you believe his manner of life to be suitable to the exercise of this ministry? We certify to you that he has satisfied the requirements of the canons, and we believe him to be qualified for this order. Will you be loyal to the doctrine, discipline, and worship of Christ as this church has received them? And will you, in accordance with the canons of this church, obey your bishop and other ministers who may have authority over you and your work. I am willing and ready to do so. I, have so. I solemnly declare that I do believe the Holy Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the Word of God and to contain all things necessary to salvation. And I do solemnly engage to conform to the doctrine, discipline, and worship of the Episcopal Church. Will you stand as you are able? <clears throat> Dear friends in Christ, you know the importance of this ministry and the weight of your responsibility in presenting Jeffrey Charles Drake Douglas for ordination to the sacred order of deacons. Therefore, if any of you know of any impediment or crime because of which we should not proceed, Come forward now and make it known. Is it your will that Drake be ordained a deacon? It is. Will you uphold him in this ministry? We will. In peace, then, let us pray to the Lord. God the Father, have mercy on us. God the Son, have mercy on us. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. For the Holy Church of God, that it may be filled with truth and love, and be found without fault at the day of your coming, we pray to you, Lord Christ. Lord, hear our prayer. For all members of your church in their vocation and ministry, that they may serve you in a true and godly life, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For Michael, our presiding bishop, and for all bishops, priests, and deacons, 
that they may be filled with your love, may hunger for truth, and may thirst after righteousness. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For Drake, chosen deacon in your church, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That he may faithfully fulfill the duties of his ministry, build up your church, and glorify your name, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he may be sustained and encouraged to preserve, persevere to the end, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For his family, that they may be adorned with all Christian virtues, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all who fear God and believe in you, Lord Christ, and that our divisions may cease, and that all may be one as you and the Father are one, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the mission of the church, and that in faithful witness it may preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who do not yet believe, and for those who have lost their faith, that may they receive the light of the gospel, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the peace of the world, that a spirit of respect and forbearance may grow among nations and peoples, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those in positions of public trust, especially Joseph, our president, that they may serve justice and promote the dignity and freedom of every person, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For a blessing upon all human labor and for the right use of the riches of creation, that the world may be freed from poverty, famine, and disaster, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the poor, the persecuted, the sick, and all who suffer, for refugees, prisoners, and all who are in danger, that they may be relieved and protected, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For ourselves, for the forgiveness of our sins, and for the grace of the Holy Spirit to amend our lives, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all who have died in the communion of your church, and those whose faith is known to you alone, that with all the saints they may have rest in that place where there is no pain or grief, but life eternal, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. 
rejoicing in the fellowship of Saint Peter and all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to Christ our God. To you, O Lord our God. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery, by the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were being cast down are being raised up, and things which had grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Ecclesiasticus. He seeks out the wisdom of all the ancients and is concerned with prophecies. He preserves the sayings of the famous and penetrates the subtleties of parables. He seeks out the hidden meanings of proverbs and is at home with the obscurities of parables. He serves among the great and appears before rulers. He travels in foreign lands and learns what is good and evil in the human lot. He sets his heart on rising early to seek the Lord who made him and to petition the Most High. He opens his mouth in prayer and asks pardon for his sins. If the great Lord is willing, he will be filled with the spirit of understanding. He will pour forth words of wisdom of his own and give thanks to the Lord in prayer. The Lord will direct his counsel and knowledge as he meditates on his mysteries. He will show the wisdom of what he has learned and will glory in the law of the Lord's covenant. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the mind of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord.
Drake, thank you for being here tonight. It's a great party. It would be not nearly as much fun without you. <laughs> but I also recognize what this means, what it means for you and Charlie. Your life will be different from this night forward. Your relationship to each other, your shared relationship to the church will be different from this night forward. I'd like to tell you, with all my years of experience, that it's going to be great, <laughs> but it's going to be complicated, and there'll be great moments, and there'll be difficult moments. Tonight we are consecrating, ordaining Drake to the sacred order of deacons. He is going to be ordained, set apart, fitted for leadership in the church but a servant leadership. What does that mean, actually? I mean, if it really, seriously, what does that mean? I don't know that we're ever really clear in the church about what servant leadership looks like. It seems that we either have one lens or the other more in focus. We either imagine leadership expressed in the ability to bring people to a task, or servant ministry expressed in the ability to share and care for God's people. But the mixture of the two, the mixture of the two is, I think, one of the most complicated things we undertake as ordained people in the church, and that the church as a corporate body undertakes in its relationship to the wider world. 
what does this leadership that we are called to, that we are setting you apart for tonight, actually look like? It's a conversation that we often have as we gather to think about ordaining people. Commission on Ministries across the country, around the world, talk about this question. What does leadership look like in the church? And I have to tell you that we're a little uncomfortable about the whole question. I'd like to say, oh, we know it looks like this, but we're not sure because, well, that would mean this, and I'm not sure I like that, and we can't even put words to it. When I was a priest in Arizona and member of the Commission on Ministry, we came up with this language of a gift of gathering. We want to see that someone has the gift to gather people into community, to create a healthy and life-giving community, and then to set them to a common task that will accomplish something important in the world. And that's not bad language. I've used it again and again when I talk about what we look for in people who are trying to discern if they are called to serve the church in an ordained capacity. Do they have that gift of gathering? But I'm not completely sure, to be honest, that that's what leadership means either, because that's a charism. And people who have that kind of charisma can gather people into large groups of people for political reasons, and we see that happening in the world, around the world today, not in healthy ways. I'm just not sure. So what does it mean? I've wondered about this actually for a while, and since I'm a bishop, I'm supposed to think about these sorts of things, because it's my job to ordain people. Do you know, you can get an MBA in executive leadership. I had somebody who was teaching in an MBA course once come and watch me do a presentation, and he said afterwards, I admire your executive posture. <laughs> I didn't know I had one of those. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm comfortable knowing that I have one of those. But apparently that's something they teach you in an MBA course for executive leadership. In the secular world, they really do think about what leadership looks like and how to lead a group of people. I'm afraid when we send you off to master divinity, to wrestle with God on a hilltop, we don't actually spend a lot of time thinking about leadership. We spend a lot of time thinking about obscure conversations about the identities of the persons of the Trinity. We spend a lot of time joking with one another about what vestments are worn or not worn. We spend some time actually thinking about what God is saying to us in our lives. But we don't really spend a lot of time thinking about how leadership will be expressed once a person is ordained and leading a community. I thought seriously a lot about this over the years. And frankly, the place where I have found the, the richest vein of insight about this is probably not surprisingly in the military. I mean, you think about the military, right? They're going to take a bunch of young adults and they're going to ask them to follow somebody, sometimes to their death. How do they make that happen? Is it some kind of mind game that they play? 
Is it some sort of psychological obstacle course? Is it something in the juice that they give them to drink? It turns out there's a book about that. I read the book. Armed Forces Field Manual 22-100. You can buy it on Amazon. The title of the Armed Forces Field Guide to Leadership is Be, Know, and Do. Be, Know, and Do. The know part makes kind of obvious sense. Know your job. Well, that's what you're getting that degree for. To do is to be active in leadership, to make decisions, to have a direction that you are going to pursue. We know that you can do that. But leadership, leadership, the fundamental thing about leadership, according to the people for whom it is a life and death question, is the character of the leader. That's the first part of that title. Be a person who others will follow. And what they mean by that, and I was surprised to find this in a military field manual, they mean that you should have such character and such virtue that people recognize in you an innate goodness and attracted to that innate goodness, they will go where you go, even when the going is very difficult. Nothing to do with being an alpha male or a beta or whatever the thing is on the internet these days. None of that. It is something older and more profound. To be a leader, to be a person set aside for leadership, is to be a person who is worthy of being followed. To be a person who is truthful and honest and kind, who has a kind of authenticity and an openness to other people. It means to put other people's needs before yours. What I learned about leadership, I think I really learned as a camp counselor at Camp Conrad Weiser in Reading, Pennsylvania. And one of the things I learned at Camp Conrad Weiser where I worked at the barn and taught riding was that the thing you did after a long day on the trail with a bunch of kids was you got the horses and the kids back to the barn, you got the kids safely off the horses, you got them sent back up to the mess hall so they could eat, and then you took care of the horses. You took the tack off, you walked the horses, you watered them, you put them out to pasture, you cleaned the tack, and then, after you'd taken care of everything else, you could wash up. A few years ago, we led the bishops of, of New England led a pilgrimage down the Connecticut River. And it was a 30-day pilgrimage. We slept on the riverbanks. We slept in church graveyards. We slept in basements. And we wanted to focus on the spiritual experience of being on pilgrimage as we went down the Connecticut River. So we hired somebody to take care of all our stuff. We hired a Marine quartermaster a major who had been in charge of the fighter wings that the Marines keep in the South Pacific. She was amazing. <laughs> she always had exactly what we needed when we needed it. And she and I got to talking about things about leadership. And I remember 
noticing something about her because she and I were always the last two to eat. It is a point of pride in the Marines that if you're an officer, your troops eat first. It's the same sort of thing I learned at that camp, that you make sure everyone is cared for and then you care for yourself. But the thing is, people notice that. And noticing that, they begin to trust you because they begin to believe that you have their needs first. You begin to inhabit that role of leadership. I wish I was finding some other model than the military model because that makes us a little complicated in the church, but I do point out that St. Paul again and again uses the language of the Roman army, but he changes it. He takes the imagery of the Roman army and changes it into a religious context. So does St. John the Divine. You'll find that again and again in, in the Christian scriptures. And I, I wondered a lot about this, Drake, over the years, and I realized that probably the thing that had taught me this even before I had been a camp counselor, you've been a camp counselor, so you kind of know this, right? So you've been a dorm, dorm parent, you, you know this, right? This is, this is part of what we have seen in you. But I realized that as most of the things in my life that I've ever learned, I learned by reading C.S. Lewis's books about Narnia. <laughs> There's always a quote from Narnia. And in The Horse and His Boy, at the very end of the book, King Loon of Archenland says to Kor, the, the prince who had been lost and is now found, when Kor is discovering he's going to have to be a king, and his brother, who was supposed to have been the king, is jumping for joy because he doesn't have to be a king anymore. He gets to stay a prince because princes have all the fun. <laughs> king Loon turns to Kor and says, that's truer than thy brother knows, for this is what it means to be a king to be first in every desperate attack and last in every desperate retreat. And when there's hunger in the land, as there must be now and then in bad years, to wear finer clothes and laugh louder over a scantier meal than any other person in your land. That's what servant leadership looks like. Caring for the people around you making sure they are cared for, and then caring for yourself. Not passive, because I promise you, if you do that, I've discovered they worry about you too. And there becomes this deep mutuality between the leader and the people, between the servant and the people. And there is something beautiful and wonderful in that. And I think something deeply Christian in that. So do we have our version of Armed Forces Field Manual 22-100? Why, yes, we do. <laughs> and we're going to hear it in just a little bit because the ordinal for us is that description. Listen as Drake makes these promises. Listen as I give Drake his charge before he is ordained deacon. You will hear in the words, and these are ancient words, our understanding of what it is to be consecrated and ordained a leader in Christ's church. And I invite you, Drake, on the anniversaries of your ordination to open up the prayer book and just do a quick review. And because I got to choose lessons and I'm the preacher tonight, I also point out that Old Testament lesson is an excellent sort of way of looking to see if 
Am I, in fact, showing forth the fruits that are described in the Scripture of what a person who is close to God is doing? And if there's a gap here or there in your life, don't panic. It doesn't happen overnight. You have decades, decades to grow into this role, and you will. We all are growing into this role, and I don't know that it ever ends. I just want to point out, this is language that we talk to about the people who are being consecrated and ordained, but almost any part of this language talks to the baptized as well. Because as baptized people of God in the world, we are consecrated and set apart to serve the world in which we live. We are called to care for all of Christ's creation. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, those of you who we serve with our lives, you have your own Army Manual FM 22-100. It's in the baptism service. And it's that baptismal covenant that we make every time we see a baptism. It's that thing that we can look into our own lives with to see how are we doing growing into our baptism. None of our Christian lives are static. We are always growing and going deeper. Drake, tonight, we are going to begin a new chapter in your journey in the church. We do this because we have seen in you, we, myself, and the whole of the diocese, the people who have come into contact with you along the path of your life, we have seen that you have the necessary building blocks to construct a life that will allow you to serve the church in a generative and loving way. The foundation is there, but there's a structure to be built upon it. In the years to come, as you dedicate yourself to prayer and service, to following God, to deeping, deepening study, as you become the person who God has created you to be, as you learn to know God more fully, you will do what is needed as we lead the church into this next generation of ministry. Thank you for saying yes to the church. Thank you for what you will do in the years to come. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand as together we reaffirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. 
he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Congregation may be seated. My brother, every Christian is called to follow Jesus Christ, serving God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. God now calls you to a special ministry of servanthood directly under your bishop. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are to serve all people, particularly the poor, the weak, the sick, and the lonely. As a deacon in the church, you are to study the Holy Scriptures, to seek nourishment from them, and to model your life upon them. You are to make Christ and his redemptive love known by your word and example to those among whom you live and work and worship. You are to interpret to the church the needs, concerns, and hopes of the world. You are to assist the bishop and priests in public worship and in the ministration of God's words and sacraments. And you are to carry out other duties assigned to you from time to time. At all times, your life and teaching are to show Christ's people that in serving the helpless, they are serving Christ himself. My brother, do you believe that you are truly called by God and his church to the life and work of a deacon? I believe I am so called. Do you now? in the presence of the church, commit yourself to this trust and responsibility. I do. Will you be guided by the pastoral direction and leadership of your bishop? I will. Will you be faithful in prayer, in the reading and study of Holy Scriptures? I will. Will you look for Christ in all others, being ready to help and serve those in need? Will you do your best to pattern your life and that of your family in accordance with the teachings of Christ so that you may be a wholesome example to all people? I will. Will you in all things seek not your glory, but the glory of the Lord Christ? I will. May the Lord, by his grace, uphold you in the service he lays upon you. I invite you to stand as you are able. If you have not been to an uh, ordination before, this is the sacred moment. The choir will lead us in the singing of the Veni Creator Spiritus. We ask the Holy Spirit to come and be present in this place. And I ask you to open yourselves to the Spirit's presence. After we have finished praying, there will be silence. And at the end of the silence, I'll lay my hands upon Drake and pray that God 
will make him a deacon in this church. O God, most merciful Father, we praise you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, who took on himself the form of a servant and humbled himself, becoming obedient even to death on the cross. We praise you that you have highly exalted him and made him Lord of all. 
and that through him we know that whoever would be great must be servant of all. We praise you for the many ministries in your church and for calling this your servant to the order of deacons. Therefore, Lord, through Jesus Christ, your Son, give your Holy Spirit to Drake. Fill him with your grace and power and make him a deacon in your church. Make him, O Lord, modest and humble, strong and constant, to observe the discipline of Christ. Let his life and teaching so reflect your commandments that through him many may come to know you and love you. As your Son came not to be served, but to serve, may this deacon share in Christ's service and come to the unending glory of him who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. Drake, receive this Bible as a sign of your authority to proclaim God's word and to assist in the ministration of the Holy Sacraments. You should applaud. Thank you all for coming out on this uh, Christmas weekend night. Uh, it's a glorious occasion, and I really am very excited that Drake is beginning his ministry in this way. It's something that we have all excited about, just as we are excited about all the ordinance that we bring forth into the ministry. There'll be a reception, but first we'll have a brief meal by our sponsor. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all night. Try the wine. Um, just a reminder for those of you who are visiting that in the Episcopal Church, all baptized people, all baptized people are welcome to receive the sacraments. We invite you to partake of them this night. If for whatever reason you would just prefer to have a blessing, we'd love to have you participate that way. Come forward, look panicked when one of the priests comes at you, and we'll know what you need. If you need gluten-free, we got that for you, too. You don't have to drink the wine. You just sort of look at the wine. If that, however you want to do it, we'll work with you. But we ask you to come and be present at the altar with all of us in this happy day. Following the service, a reminder that we have pictures to take. So I'm going to whisk Drake away, and we're going to come up here, get our pictures, so that we can go into this wonderful reception that's been prepared. Thank you for all the people who worked so hard to make this day such an extraordinary experience. And then Drake will be coming in to sign autographs and to receive <laughs> accolades, to receive all sorts of gifts, and it's the best part of it. The collection, the offering at an ordination is reserved 
for the new minister's discretionary fund once that new minister begins a formal ministry. So I ask you to be generous because I can already testify to Drake's discretion and wisdom. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is truly right to glorify you, Father, and to give you thanks. For you alone are God, living and true, dwelling in light, inaccessible, from before time and forever. Fountain of life and source of all goodness, you made all things and filled them with your blessing. You created them to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. Countless throngs of angels stand before you to serve you night and day. And beholding the glory of your presence, they offer you unceasing praise, joining with them and giving voice to every creature under heaven, we acclaim you and glorify your name as we sing. Claim you, Holy Lord, glorious in power. Your mighty works reveal your wisdom and love. You formed us in your own image, giving the whole world into our care, so that in obedience to you, our Creator, we might rule and serve all your creatures. When our disobedience took us far from you, you did not abandon us to the power of death, in your mercy you came to our help, so that in seeking you we might find you. Again and again you called us into covenant with you, and through the prophets you taught us to hope for salvation. Father, you loved the world so much that in the fullness of time you sent your only Son to be our Savior. Incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, he lived as one of us, yet without sin. To the poor he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners freedom, to the sorrowful joy. To fulfill your purpose, he gave himself up to death, and rising from the grave, destroyed death and made the whole creation new. And that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died and rose for us, he sent the Holy Spirit, his own first gift, for those who believe, to complete his work in the world and to bring to, to fulfillment the sanctification of all. When the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, his heavenly Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. At supper, 
with them he took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Father, we now celebrate this memorial of our redemption, recalling Christ's death and his descent among the dead, proclaiming his resurrection and ascension to your right hand, awaiting his coming in glory, and offering to you from the gifts you have given us this bread and this cup, we praise you and we bless you. We praise you, we bless you, we give thanks to you, and we pray to you, Lord our God. Lord, we pray that in your goodness and mercy, your Holy Spirit may descend upon us and upon these gifts, sanctifying them and showing them to be holy gifts for your holy people, the bread of life and the cup of salvation, the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that all who share this bread and cup may become one body and one spirit, a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your name. Remember, Lord, your one holy Catholic and apostolic church, redeemed by the blood of your Christ. Reveal its unity, guard its faith, and preserve it in peace. And grant that we may find our inheritance with the Blessed Virgin Mary, with patriarchs, prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and all the saints who have found favor with you in ages past. We praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty God and Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Almighty Father, we thank you for feeding us with the holy food of the body and blood of your Son and for uniting us through him in the fellowship of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for raising up among us faithful servants for the ministry of your word and sacraments. We pray that Drake may be to us an effective example in word and action, in love and patience, and in holiness of life. Grant that we, with him, may serve you now and always rejoice in your glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, we missed one. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. Blessed be the name of the Lord, from this time forth forevermore. The blessing, mercy, and grace of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you this day and remain with you forever. Amen. Let us go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Thanks be to God.